0: This is the Men of Valor program. Randy, anyway, we're back.
1: We are back, Mark, after a very brief hiatus. Your, uh, your international travels, uh, more, more correctly, your national travels, mm-hmm. uh, had you out of the office for a while, uh, teaching out at Fuller Seminary in Southern California, Uh, But Mm -hmm. actually, it pays a benefit to us because not only did you inspire the minds of those that attended your teaching, uh, then you and Deb also did a wonderful AACC uh, workshop training event that was also quite successful. And you came back to us today with a story that I think is just one of those you had to have been there to believe it moments That is uh, correct, and it uh, is a story
0: that will introduce us to our topic today, which is about prayer. Okay. And I want to talk about prayer. I want to talk about a form of prayer called Lexio Divina, and that will allow you and I to practice our Latin also.
1: That sounds just great. Well, why don't we jump right into that, in in having the listeners uh, understand that there you were for a week's time out in Southern California, right. and, and first uh, teaching at Fuller Seminary, and that's in the Pasadena area?
0: That is in Pasadena. So this requires some setup, I guess. Uh, I know we have a lot of listeners in Southern California, having just been out there. There was a number of people that talked to us about listening to the show, so uh, they will completely understand the... Uh, normal, impossible nature of the freeway system there in Southern California. I think most of us uh, in the rest of the country have some awareness of that. Maybe we travel out there occasionally. We know how hard it is to get from point A to B. There are even uh, special radio stations that every 10 minutes give traffic alerts uh, about impossible segments of the freeway system. So, uh, yes, I, on Wednesday night of that particular week, uh, needed to get from Pasadena, California, which is about 10 miles north of downtown Los Angeles, to the San Diego airport. The intent was uh, to pick up Debbie, who was flying into San Diego for our teaching the next day at the conference. So I knew at some point that it was 50-50 or less that I'd make it on time to pick her up. We had an alternate plan. You know that she would just take a a cab to the hotel and I'd meet her there whatever time I got to San Diego. The trip is a distance of about 129 miles, and I left Pasadena at 4.30 and I needed to pick up Debbie at 8. So you'd normally think around here that if you had three and a half hours you could travel uh, 129 miles easily enough. Well, so I left uh, the seminary, got on one of the freeways. Uh, The first 10 miles of this trip took me uh, an hour and a half.
1: Ten miles in an hour and a half.
0: Yeah, so that's uh, stop-and-go traffic. uh, And uh, at this point, I'm on one of the freeways heading south, the 605 freeway. We're basically in uh, a section there which is south-central Los Angeles, which is not uh, a great area in terms of crime and violence and those kinds of things. So at this point, you know, being a 64-year-old diabetic, uh, after an hour and a half on the freeway, I'm really needing to go to the bathroom. The freeways out there are not marked with, you know, gas stations and convenience stores and restaurants, so I just took a shot, got off the 605 freeway at one of the exits there in South Central Los Angeles, hoping that there would be a convenience store or gas station. Well, there was none of that, Uh, it was pretty barren there at that particular exit, but as I looked down the street from where I got off, there was a church. And uh, so I said to myself, well, church, I'm a Christian.
1: Lord be with me as I enter
0: your house. Uh, Yeah, that's right. Hoping (laughs) that, you know, in South Central LA, it was a church that uh, was open. You know, this was, you know, Wednesday early evening. So uh, sure enough, I get there and I walk in. And there are two very nice-looking men, a couple of African-American gentlemen, one uh, Hispanic gentleman, and they were deep in conversation. And I just walked up to them and I said, uh, uh, excuse me, I'll I'll just be honest with you. uh, I've been stuck on the freeways. I'm trying to get to San Diego, and I am desperately in need of a bathroom. (laughs) So, I just assumed that maybe they'd, you know, they have no problem with me going and using their bathroom.
1: Honesty is the best policy.
0: That's right. That's what we preach here at Faithful and True, and I <laughs> occasionally practice what I preach. So uh, they uh, had more questions, you know, and they said, uh, uh, "Why are you going to San Diego?" And I said, "Well, I'm I'm speaking uh, at a conference down there." And they said, "What are you uh, speaking about?" And I said, "I'm speaking about addictions." And they said, "What kind of conference is this?" And I said, "It's a Christian counseling uh, conference." And then they said, "Are you uh, a pastor or something?" And I said, "Yes, I, I'm an ordained pastor." And so they said, "Well, pastor, you know, by all means, use our bathroom." And uh, so I did. I went in and used the bathroom. And as I'm coming out, Now there are 20 men gathered outside the bathroom.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's loaves and fishes. Yes,
0: and uh, I'm assuming maybe they're having uh, some Wednesday night activities like a lot of churches do. But no, some guy who identified himself as one of the lead pastors came up and said, uh, Pastor, uh, we'd like to pray for you. And... uh, I said because I have anxiety about time schedules, and I said that would be wonderful. And I need to get back on this crazy freeway so that you know I'm trying to get down to San Diego in time to pick up my wife. He said that's what we want to pray for you about. So uh, if you don't mind, come to the front of the church, and uh, we will pray for you. So with some trepidation, I you know went to the front of this church, and now they said stand in the middle, pastor. And now I'm surrounded by twenty. Nice-looking men, and yet I'm in a strange church, the same place. I should say that part of the name of this church was the Apostolic Church. So what the word apostolic meant exactly, I wasn't theologically sure, but I had some assumption it had to do with being filled with the Holy Spirit. So anyway, now I'm standing in the middle of a circle of 20 men who I do not know, and the lead pastor says, I'm going to start. And uh, he started all right. I mean, he was yelling, shouting, shouting. Uh, beseeching Jesus and asking for things at the at the top of his lungs. I mean, he was just yelling, and he had no sooner started than all twenty guys started at the top of their <laughs> lungs. They were they were yelling, shouting, screaming. Uh, it was hard to discern what they were saying. Jesus' name came up very often, <laughs> yeah. and uh, San Diego came up. I did hear that. Wife came up. I heard that, and uh, they were obviously praying for me to get to San Diego. Uh, in time to pick up my wife, and sure enough, after two minutes of this, uh, the lead pastor said, "Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus," and they all stopped and i didn 't know what to say, so I said, "Hallelujah back and uh, the pastor gave me a big hug and said uh, uh, we 've just prayed for you pastor. We hope you have a safe trip to san Diego." so I left now i 'm kind of da- i 'm in a daze here I, I have to confess. So I get back on the free I've just gotten off at the same point where the traffic in six lanes, the 605 at this point is six lanes of traffic, stop and go in all six lanes. And that's where I got off. So I get back on, and I see at most in these six lanes five cars. Five cars. And so I said...
1: Where <laughs> where where did all the traffic go? And and where is Rod Serling?
0: Yeah, exactly. And and so now I I speed up to the speed limit which is 65 and of course, you know, I kind of fudge that a little bit. I'm now going 70. I have never gone 70 miles an hour on a California freeway in my life. And I'm just waiting for
1: the congestion to the set congestion
0: in. to uh, reappear. Uh, I will tell you that it never reappeared. I went by Disneyland. I went by many points of attraction there in Southern California. I, I went uh, on freeways that I've historically been on and taken hours to get you know, various places. And uh, I pulled into the San Diego airport exactly at 8 o'clock. <laughs> so I traveled 119 miles in uh, an hour and 45 minutes with virtually no traffic. Virtually none. I was telling this story to some of my friends from Southern California. They said, Mark, we've lived here 25 years, and we've never heard of a story like that. We've never gone 70 miles an hour in the California freeways. This is absolutely uh, a miracle. I'm still, to this day, wondering where all of that six lanes of traffic went I mean, did God just, like, he parted the Red Sea, you know, just... (laughs) I
1: I, think that was the analogy I made when you first told (laughs) me this story, because it it almost sounds uh, unbelievable.
0: It really, you know, I I was so uh, amazed by it that I just had to keep talking about it and talking about it to some of my friends from Southern California. And I, I, to a person, none of them could believe... The, that this story actually happened.
1: Well, if uh, any of us that have uh, withstood the, uh, the stress and the logistics of making that drive, and I, I've done it myself several times, you, um, you just don't run into that scenario because there is traffic on all sides of you. Yeah. It's hard enough to actually change lanes to exit where you want to exit.
0: That's right. uh, There's other strange things on the California freeways that happen, motorcyclists that are going between the lanes and all this kind of stuff. So anyway, it was a remarkable experience. And just to kind of conclude the story, which is, of course, an introduction, it impressed upon me the power of prayer, and not just any prayer, but enthusiastic prayer. And, you know, I've reflected a lot on it uh, in the days following. And, you know, the tradition that I was raised in, I think the tradition that a lot of us were were raised in, is silent prayer, quiet yeah. prayer, heads are Head around, down, eyes are closed. Eyes are closed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're whispering your prayers. Uh, you're certainly not even saying them out loud. And these guys were like having a dance party there. I mean, they were enthusiastic, and they were praising and shouting and and in claiming and asking and uh they were they were doing it boldly so we'll get back to this after our break i think but there uh, there's several
1: things i just want to address about prayer and uh, that's the theme of our show today what a great way to open today's show you're listening to dr mark Laser, and this is the men of valor program at faithfulandtrue.com to learn more. That's faithfulandtrue.com. Now for the trigger of
0: the week. Trigger of the week, Randy. Uh, as uh, I think we've mentioned before, occasionally on a Friday or Saturday, the crack uh, staff here at uh, Faithful and True will have a golf outing, and uh, last Saturday afternoon was no different. Uh, we were joined uh, by Dr. Russell Schmidt, one of our counselors here, and uh, we had a nice threesome. Uh, out there at uh, one of our local golf courses. And uh, while we were playing, we noticed a phenomenon that I've noticed hundreds of times before that seems to be pretty universal at golf courses all over the world. Uh, and our trigger of the week is cart girls.
1: The beverage cart girls.
0: Well, and we want to be sensitive here, I think, and just say that these these are very nice girls. Uh, we're not saying anything about their intentions or what they're out there to do. But it does seem to be the case that golf courses hire very attractive young women to drive these beverage carts around golf courses. Well,
1: they they know the nature of men. And they know that uh, with the men out on the golf course on a hot, sunny summer day, to have a, a young, attractive gal uh, on the beverage cart does boost their sales.
0: And given the current uh, fashion, which is very short shorts... Uh, you know that contributes to it, and they're, they're selling uh, beer and alcohol and cigars and food, and I'm, I'm sure at some level it increases sales. But
1: well, it's it's an effective uh, and I think relevant uh, trigger of the week. I myself uh, would prefer that you not wear those short shorts again. So
0: well, one has to be fashionable.
1: <laughs> well, it was, I'm only I'm only teasing, of course. Your your legs look just. Fun. Well, you know, I
0: I grew up in a uh, church with my dad being the pastor. Uh, He said, I will never be seen in public in shorts.
1: Oh, okay. Well, that's uh, good to make a stand.
0: Well, yeah, at least in that area of his life he did. (laughs) Okay. Uh, But anyway, okay, back to prayer. One of the things I wanted to uh, emphasize today, without getting too deep into a Bible study, I mean, I did look up on uh, uh, several of the Bible resource uh, websites you know, some, uh, history of prayer, both in, you know, the Old and New Testament and also in the uh, early church and uh, the current church. And, uh, I, w- I would just like to summarize that. I think there are a number of things that, uh, are accomplished in prayer or that we seek to do in prayer. And I think, uh, one of the most common things that we do in prayer is, uh, what's generally referred to as petition. Uh, we ask God for things. And, uh, I would just like to make a point about that, that if that's the only thing we're doing in prayer, I think we're missing the boat about prayer. Now, don't get me wrong. I just told a story about a petition. I mean, these guys were petitioning very enthusiastically. And Jesus, of course, said, you know, uh, if you ask and you ask in confidence, uh, uh, God will answer those prayers. So, you know, it's okay uh, to ask God for what we need. That's prayers of petition.
1: Well, it's not often that you see such... Uh, an immediate answer to those prayers as you experienced.
0: Well, and that leads us to one of the second things about prayer, and that is that I think oftentimes prayer is wrestling, because uh, prayer is not always answered uh, in the way that we ask for it to be answered. I mean, I've thought about this. I mean, why would God miraculously intervene on a freeway system? I mean, it wasn't a, a life or death situation there. It wasn't Something that I even absolutely needed to be at the airport at eight o 'clock, we had an alternate strategy, so why would God intervene on that when you know so often we pray in terms of uh, life threatening illnesses or uh, other kind of situations dire, situation. dire situations dire right. situations well, it does mean that uh, there are going to be times when when prayer is a matter, matter of talking to God, wrestling with God, complaining to God. I mean, if you think about the book of Psalms, for example, which is really a series of prayers. Uh, the psalmist uh, is frequently complaining. So uh, that's one of the points I wanted to emphasize, that that prayer can sometimes be about anger, disappointment, complaint, and God can listen to that. God is big enough to uh, entertain all the range of emotions that we feel.
1: But don't you also feel that it's often important to, uh, to remember that uh, I'm, I'm frequently t- trying to remind myself of dedicating prayer towards thanking God right. for, all, for all the good things that he does provide for me. And uh, right. like you said, not only are our previous prayers uh, answered at an unpredictable time, but uh, just stepping back and when you see something go so well for yourself. Uh, uh, let's see, as a, for instance, uh, our youngest son was in China on an internship And there's so many unknowns when they're over, you know, they're on the other side of the world. And Mm -hmm. we live in a dangerous world now, and we're seeing all of these tragedies with uh, airliners going down. And and you're so uh, full of prayer that, you know, your child comes Mm -hmm. back Mm -hmm. safe. So uh, that struck me as a real uh, appropriate time uh, when he arrived home safely uh, to thank God for that.
0: Well, you're quite emotional about it because it's a, a hard thing to see your youngest son go so far away and, and come back safely. I, by the way, I think that's a wonderful uh, idea. I heard a speaker once say that he journals his prayers. He he prays, but then he, he journals what the prayer was. And He said, one of the great things that I do is take out my journals from 10 years ago uh, and That oftentimes gives me the opportunity to see over the last 10 years how, in fact, God has answered those prayers. And sometimes it may take God 10 years or a year or whatever Mm -hmm. to answer it, but that he always does. Not always in the way that we want him to, but there's always an answer to our prayers.
1: It'd be interesting to see that journal, to see how long some of those petitions took to be answered that's right, you know, or if there were still some unresolved prayers out there yeah. that uh, God had uh, had decided uh, the timing was not quite quite ready
0: well you know i i I think we we all can think of examples if we give God enough time and we're willing to look back, but I think you've identified another thing that prayer is about, and that is about thanksgiving or praise uh affirmation for God, that kind of thing uh so you know, there's several functions of prayer so far. Another one, I think, is that we are to pray through Christ. How often do we say that uh, in Jesus' name we pray? And that's really part of the biblical instruction, that we are to pray through Christ, meaning that it's because of what Christ did for us that we have the ability to pray in some of the ways that uh, we've listed. Also, uh, we know that Jesus taught us uh one of the simplest prayers to pray, uh, the Lord's Prayer. One final thought about the complaints part, in that is that frequently, like in the Psalms or the Book of Lamentations, prayers are about wrestling with God and about complaints, and they end up, after we've you know, gotten all this off our chest, we, we get to that part of praising God and understanding you know, who God really is. The final thing I wanted to emphasize today that prayer is often about, and I think this is the one that we least understand, and that is that prayer is about listening. To God, that prayer is sometimes about being silent and uh, listening to God talking to us. So, prayer is not just about talking to God, it is about quieting ourselves enough to allow God to talk back to us. And by talking, I'm not talking about writing on the wall or audible voice, uh, but I do think it's oftentimes in our intuitive self. Uh, If we are open to that, thoughts will come to us. Uh, I was talking to a guy yesterday said he was deep in kind of meditative prayer and a scripture verse just kind of came to him. Well, I think that's God talking to him. And uh, one of the the forms of uh, kind of prayer and meditation that we've really been emphasizing here at Faithful and True over the last several years, and I think we've talked about it a little bit before on the show, uh, it's called Lexio Divina. That's how the Latin is pronounced. It's spelled L-E-C-T-I-O, D-I-V-I-N-A, and it means in Latin "divine reading." Uh, it has four parts to it, and I thought today before we close our show, I'd just list what those four parts
1: are. Th- that's a great. Uh, that's a great concept that I'd love to have you explain. Uh, before we move on to that. Um, I was struck by your last point because so many of us always think of prayer as being one-way communication. That's right, yeah. You know, you just feel that, that, that it's your moment alone with God, but how enlightening when you open your mind to the possibility of listening to, to God talking back to you. I, th- I think that that could be a very powerful exercise. Um, and I think that, Mark, I think a lot of people are out there, and some struggle with, How should I pray?
0: Yeah, that's right. And uh, there are obviously lots of formulaic prayers. I mean, they are written prayers. There's, uh, you know, in various traditions, you know, rosaries and, you know, this and that. Uh, I've often found myself that the best prayers are the simplest prayers, you know, the shortest prayers. I mean, don't we understand that God probably gets it.
1: I mean, right. We you really don't have to explain yourself. <laughs> right. Right.
0: I mean, right. frequently, uh, we don't always feel heard uh, by others, and so we tend to give lots of examples, lots of explanation, lots of rationalization. One of the rationalizing words that I think we use a lot in our Christian prayers is the word just. You know, God, I just pray. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, I'm not asking too much, Lord, I, you know. I think our prayers are simple, and we don't need to say just. I mean, God told us to pray for what we need and pray for what we want. So, anyway, that was just a little aside. Yeah,
1: I didn't mean to to throw you off track. So, back to the lexico divina.
0: Lexio. Uh,
1: Lexio. (laughs) Down in Mexico, it's lexico divina. Uh, I was having my my Spanish background (laughs) suddenly appeared.
0: Well, anyway, there are four parts to the lexio divina, and... uh, The first part is uh, really to kind of prepare for this before you start the four parts, and that's to uh, make sure you are in a place where it's relatively quiet. You're not going to be distracted. We sometimes refer to it around here as a place of your own. It could be a a chair and a lamp and a table where you have your Bible or whatever. And uh, uh, it could be a time of the day when you're uh, less likely to be interrupted. Uh, One of the things the Alexio suggests is that you... Uh, quiet yourself through your breathing. And there's everything about breathing that has to do with spirit. So, you know, um, just do some deep breaths so that you're quieting yourself. And then uh, the four parts of the Lexio start. By the way, this can take 10 to 15 minutes. This is not necessarily some lengthy thing we're talking about here. The first part of uh, Lexio is uh, the word Lexio, and it, it means read. So, Uh, The encouragement with this form of meditation and prayer is to pick one scripture verse, just one verse. Not take a whole passage, but just pick a verse and uh, read that verse. and Maybe read it out loud, uh, strangely enough, even though you're by yourself. Um, There's something, I think, about speaking it out into the world that uh, I think is very powerful. So you read the verse several times and you read it out loud. Um, Then you move on to part two, which is called... uh, meditatio, or this is not that hard to... Latin is sometimes not very hard to figure out, is it? Mm -hmm. Because so many of our words are based on Latin. So meditatio is meditation. And then uh, I think meditation means here thinking about the verse and then trying to uh, understand in your own sense of understanding or reasoning or biblical understandings, you know, what in fact the verse is about. What is... The context of the verse, what's the story that the verse is in, you know, what what is the verse about? But that's the meditation part of it. Then we move on to the prayer part, which is called oratio, or, or and the prayer is just uh, asking God uh, to dialogue with us, to uh, uh, speak to us, like we were just talking about a couple of minutes ago. God, you know, the way I do it is I would say, God, what what do you want me to understand, Uh, in this verse about my life, my calling, my ministry, my family. You know, uh, what what do you want me to understand? Apply this
1: verse to my life. Yes,
0: apply speak to me. Uh, It's basically the prayer is asking God to talk back to us. So, you know, it's a dialogue anticipating uh, a response. But that's the prayer part of the Lectio Divina. And then the last part of the fourth part is called contemplation. Uh, plateau or contemplate. So now uh, this is where you just allow yourself to be silent and be aware of what thoughts come into your brain. Uh, so in other words, like this guy yesterday who was uh, in fact practicing this, he said that's when a scripture verse just kind of came to me. Now, I'm sure, by the way, psychologists and others could uh, explain this in so many different ways, but I like to uh, think of it as intuition. Uh, God uses our brains, uses our minds, uses uses our uh, uh, rational thought, um, and I I think stuff will show up. Even if it's scripture verses that we memorized years ago, uh, or we just been to church and heard something about something, God will use whatever the material is in our brain to speak to us rather directly. He... He will bring stuff up in our brain. And if we're being quiet and just asking God to speak to us this way, my belief is that God will. He'll put thoughts in your mind.
1: And let yourself be receptive to those messages. That's
0: right. And maybe sometimes journal, write them down. What are they? Come back to them later. Uh, I think it's all uh, a very powerful process. We are seeing testimonies to the fact with a lot of our men that if they could commit to this for even 15 minutes a day, it's doing a real number on their thought life for the rest of the day.
1: Right, kind of leading the way to a, a positive uh, thought pattern as they're f- f- you know, fulfilling their day.
0: Well, I, I, you know, I find if I open myself in the morning to God speaking to me throughout the day, then there will be moments when things come to me, uh, and I just have to trust at some point that it is, in fact, God talking to
1: me. Why don't we wrap up today's show Uh, with you leading us in a brief prayer.
0: Heavenly Father, we uh, thank you so much for all the miraculous things you've done for us, including, uh, in my case, on the California freeways. But Lord, there are so many uh, important things in life that we need to beseech you about, petition you for, uh, thank you for, uh, praise you for. And uh, most of all, we praise you and pray through uh, the name of your Son, uh, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Uh, Lord, I just uh, pray a prayer that uh, all the people listening, uh, in some way, you would put a thought in their mind this week to encourage them about prayer, that you are a God who is willing to listen, and you are a God who is willing to talk back to us. We pray for that, we hope for that, we expect that, and again, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. You've been listening to Dr. Mark Laser on the Men of Valor program. I'm Randy Everett, your co-host, and we'd like to thank Ben Laser, our engineer and technical director, for his talents today. We thank you for joining us. We look forward to being back with you again next week on the Men of Valor program.